morning. I'm Jim Neubauer, and welcome to the Safety Unlocked Morning Podcast. And I'm Chad Huffman. Dave is still out in the field today. It is Friday, April 21st, 2023. Our morning podcasts are focused on current safety topics. Here's a quick rundown of today's events. Today is National Clean Out Your Medicine Cabinet Day. So yeah. that is, go ahead. As you say, I know that's focused on um <laughs> I know that's focused on um your medicine, but man, I was looking there today and I found uh three ninety-nine percent used tubes of toothpaste. So how appropriate to get in there and clean that stuff up. I mean, I'm not using that last one percent. I'm not using the other last one percent. I'm not using the last other one percent. So let's go ahead and get those cleaned out today. That's right. Yeah, you never know. You never know what's going to be in there that you might find. So or, organize it, get it cleaned out for sure. Uh, today is also National Chocolate Covered Cashew Day. Any cashew fans? I love cashews. I love chocolate covered uh, peanuts, cashews, anything like that. Um, so I uh, would totally be about having some today if I had any nearby. <laughs> I would be all about it. I'll, I'll start by apologizing. I was uh, Tuesday afternoon when I was in uh, Chicago at the uh, O'Hare Airport. They have a, sh- a shop that has chocolate covered everything. You want milk chocolate? You want white chocolate? You want dark chocolate? They have it all in there. I'm not a super huge cashew fan. I mean, if it's the mixed nuts, I reach my hand in there and the cashew comes out, it, I'm eating it. I, but I don't take, oh my gosh, I need to have some cashews. So it's just not one of those. <laughs> this is kind of strange. It's kind of like pork chops for me. I don't not like pork chops. I like pork chops. But if you said pork chops or, I'm going to choose or 99% of the time, unless you mean like you go way out in the Tim doesn't like it thing, you know? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cashews kind of fit in that category. But I, I got to tell you, put chocolate on it. I'll eat it too. <laughs> there you go. That sounds good. So uh, a, a quick review of the news. Um Today at the Austin airport yesterday, a uh, ground worker was killed by one of those um, tugs that pushes the airplanes back uh, Mm -hmm. when it made a collision with the uh, jet bridge. We don't have a lot of details on it, although they are investigating it as a vehicular homicide. That's how they described it in the news. Uh, And we had talked earlier that we uh, when uh, earlier this week when you were uh, out to uh, second day with staffing um we discussed the struck by caught in between and this appears to be another example that unfortunately yeah. happens the day after we talk about it on this podcast so jeez um, um i think things tend to happen the day after the podcast maybe I, we should focus today on us winning the lottery and the ramifications <laughs> of that so then tomorrow that event actually happens for us uh and make it a good weekend <laughs> Today's topic is uh, uh, measuring safety, is is how I'm going to describe this. Measuring safety um, is done a couple of different ways. And what's prompted this is this this week I'm doing audits. We have a number of clients who've joined us, and we're doing safety management system audits. So I'm traveling all over the country um, and doing these. And one of the, the measures that come up when I say, hey, how do you measure success? And they say our experience modification rating, or if you're in California, like some of our clients are X mod. Uh, and, and what it means for those of you who aren't uh, 
uh, into the insurance end of the safety world, the experience modification rating is a number assigned by your insurance company to say what the risk is. So, so this number, I, I can tell you some of the factors and I can't tell you some of the other factors. So, so we'll, I, I want to give you a real high example uh, of what it is. Everybody who makes widgets is put into a group of widget risk. Okay. Um, and if you have 10 incidents a year, each one costs a hundred dollars, that's a thousand dollars. Okay. So you have the number of incidents, you have the severity, and then you have the cost. And then you have the unknown quantifier that they use. Okay. And they come up with this number and they say, Hey, 10 incidents that each cost a hundred dollars with small severity. And using the little voodoo economic number, we're going to come up and say your EMR is 1.0. That's average. So if you pay a million dollars a year in insurance for comp, a million times one is a million dollars. So you are average. Okay. Cool. So let's say you say, I'm not going to do anything in my safety. I don't really care. Somebody gets hurt. I just send a doctor. I don't follow up. I don't manage the case. And you end up with 15 events, each one of them costing $2,000. Now I have $30,000 in claims, and one of them was more severe. Put the voodoo economic number in there, and your EMR uh, is calculated at 1.25. Now you take 1.25 times that million-dollar base policy, and you have $1,250,000. So you're paying a quarter million more in premiums than the other widget manufacturers who are average good take that in the next direction you spend a lot of time and effort into your your uh your um safety efforts you manage claims well you, you do preventive actions <clears throat> and you have one claim for a hundred dollars for that year well your emr might be 0.75 which means that you're much better than average so you take good. 0.75 multiplied a million and you're only paying $750,000 for a year for your insurance, which means that the bad competitor who's paying 1.25 is paying half a million more in premiums than you are. Now who can make widgets cheaper? Of course, the company who pays attention to their safety and has a low EMR. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's what we call a reactive measure because it counts things after they happen rather than counting things that prevent things from happening. Uh, the problem with an EMR is if everybody gets good, like I have a client right now that has a, a, a 0.87 EMR, which Chad, we just described, that's a good one, right? But True. they went from 0.75 to a 0.87 and they're like, what did I do? They have not had a claim in five years. Yeah. Here's, here's the problem is everybody else is getting better. Yeah. So zero becomes... You know, an average number, the better everybody gets. So you got to keep raising the bar on that. That's one of the problems with the EMR. The other problem with the EMR is it counts the last three years and not the current year. So 2020 to 2023, your fiscal year is not counted. So we're talking about 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022. So if you had a bad 2020, you're paying for it until almost 2024. Yeah. It rise, it's an average of three years. Okay. So that's one of those things where, where people tend to put a lot of, uh, of, of impact in their EMR and where you were in 2020 is not where you were today. Cause 2020 was the start of the pandemic. And now this, this sounds like two things to me. Tell me 
Maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong. This is somewhat new to me. So for, for all the listeners, um, this sounds like um, dry, like driver's insurance, or it sounds like, uh, I can't remember the name now, but like when you go to the restaurant, you look, you look for like the number score that they have, you know, oh, we got a 95 or a 99 or something like that. Or like, the, or like the vehicle insurance, you know, you, you hit a deer or something or you're in a wreck and then you're paying for that for the next how many ever years or something. Um, is that a fair? That is a very fair comparison. Okay. And it, and it, and, but, and people need to be paying attention to it. Slow down, wear your seatbelt, don't crash into deer. Um, uh, it, it is, but, but people are using it to bid contracts Ooh. to say, how healthy is your safety program today? And because it's a three, four year number, it is often not representative of today. So clients, when we're doing the audit, we come up with a plan of how to uh, improve their safety processes and performances. Uh, they invariably say, can you send my insurance company a letter, let them know I'm, I'm doing something to change because of that. It's what we call a lagging indicator. Yeah. On that same note, OSHA 300 logs, which are should all still be posted up until the uh, end of this uh, uh, month, uh, late next week, early the week after that, um, <clears throat> that uh, the OSHA 300 log takes all your incidents for the last 12 months and you add them all up and there's a formula that comes up with the total incident rate, TIR, um, which tells what you did last year. Okay. And it, okay. it doesn't account for, hey, this was a minor boo-boo uh versus a big boo boo is just counted as total incidents. So three people they get a stitch um versus three people who cut their finger off on the total incident report. An incident is an incident is an incident. Now yeah. there's other there's lost work day reports, there's uh uh, uh there's there's reassigned days uh um th- there's different categories but when people measure just the total incident report the one stitch counts the same as cutting the finger off. Yeah. And, and so it's a skewed, but once again, people use these companies use these to measure how good a company is. And, and, and I'm going to concede if you had five incidents and you shouldn't have had five incidents, nobody should have five incidents that, that it's going to hurt you. But when you say that I had an anomaly and I worked for a company uh, a, a while ago um, and they had had a, um, a a device break from the manufacturer so it had nothing to do with them and it caused a couple of substantial injuries i mean talking there was a gentleman in a medically induced coma for a bottle oh, wow. uh so oh, it's a significant okay. event and their yeah. emr and their tir were terrible uh and and basically what they were doing is they were doing an operation where they came in to do some maintenance work and while they were working that device failed um it, it was part of their processes but they had no idea that it was defective from the manufacturer because it was actually new um yeah. and and uh and it caused that event um I, I, probably the the i don't want to say the greatest but the most significant of that is if you look back to september 11th 2001 uh when people died in the world trade center collapse um they they um if they were at work, they were counting your OSHA 300 log and your EMR as workplace deaths. Yeah. You know, the people on the airplane who are actually at work 
on September 11th, the died were counted as workplace deaths. We're counting, that's right. Yeah, yeah. counted into uh, that. Yeah. So it doesn't always divide back to how good your safety program was when when those kind of events happen. Um, <clears throat> yeah. uh, but by the way, me, when I say um, workplace deaths, I'm talking airline employees because the passengers are are not recorded when uh, when mass transit um, or, or fatalities in, in vehicles traveling on public highways or airlines aren't counted yeah. in the 300 log. They are... If you were the pilot and the flight crews would have been counted because they were actually at their workplace. Yeah. It seems to me like, how do I put it? So it's, it seems like a lagging indicator like this or lagging indicators general across the board. They seem, they seem like they're terrible things related to uh, safety culture and morale on the job site. But it's the right? entire system counts that way. You're, you're right. So, so when I talk about we have to count these because OSHA says we have to count the 300 log, your insurance company's counting for risk on there. But too often when companies are bidding for work or attempting to, to provide products or services, they're measured by these lagging indicators. Uh, and one of the things we do is we try to come in and educate our clients and their clients in turn is to say, hey, let's look at... <clears throat> Also measuring leading indicators, which are things you're, you are doing that prevent injuries. One of them is a perception survey. Hey, how, what do the employees feel like? What And, and let's address it. Another one is um, picking, uh, there, there's reactive measures and proactive measures, which I don't want to confuse with, with measure indicators, but a proactive yeah. measure for safety is training. The more training you do, the less injuries you have. And that is a, uh, a study that has been conducted numerous times and, and found to be valid. Uh, so yeah. a proactive measure is is training. So let's go ahead and stop measuring. No, no, I don't want to say that. Let's go ahead and stop focusing on measuring the negative lagging indicators and start measuring the leading indicators, which is training, which is uh, doing job safety analysis, doing hazard identification, risk assessments. Those are all proactive measures. And if you measure those are leading indicators. Which way are you going? Well, our inspections went from one a day to eight a day. Okay, that that is a yeah. leading indicator because you're doing more hazard identification and less uh, incident mitigation. I do want to talk just uh, uh, finally um, on our last topic for today. I want to talk about a guy named Heinrich, and uh, Heinrich did the incident pyramid and and. Chad, you don't uh, uh, you haven't been doing safety for an incredible amount of time, but um, in the 1930s, Heinrich was paid by an um, insurance company to do a study about why incidents happen, and he came up with uh, with a couple of uh, different uh, um, <clears throat> items, and one of them was the incident pyramid. Good. And at the bottom of that pyramid, it said for every 300 <clears throat> unsafe acts, 30 minor injuries would happen, which would lead to one significant which led to three significant events and ultimately one death. So it's a ratio of 333 and one. Okay. Yeah. Right. And that has been the gold standard of safety since probably 1940s. Okay. And um, about 10, maybe 15 years ago, uh, a gentleman uh, by the name of Fred Manuel did a white paper on Heinrich, came back and said, Hey, uh, I can't find any of his research data at, at the university that, got all his paperwork when he passed away. And then he attempted to recreate that. And he came back and he said, Hey, Heinrich, um, 
Henrik stuff doesn't add up. It's not it's not valid, not accurate. Yeah. And then the very next sentence of that white paper, he said, however, if you reduce hazards, you'll end up with less injuries, which validates yeah. the pyramid, but doesn't validate the pyramid. Because basically <laughs> what, what, what Fred Manuel was saying is the 333 and one, you can have one unsafe condition and have it lead to one fatality. Okay. Right. You don't need yeah. 300, 3000. That's right. So, so when we start talking about the more hazards you identify and the more hazards you fix, um, that it leads to, to, um, to less injuries. Okay. It's just not proportional. Um, so, so in, in the, in the end, when we're talking about wrapping this up here is you need to start looking at proactive leading indicators. What are you doing to affect injuries and incidents from happening and start measuring those? Cause if I'm going to tell employees, we're going to have a pizza party because no one got hurt. No one was supposed to get hurt to begin with. So yeah. I'm going to reward you for not doing something you weren't supposed to do. Hey, That's kids, right. I'm doubling everybody's allowances because you didn't do what you weren't supposed to do. Yay. That's right. It doesn't work that way. So let's start rewarding for positive indicators. But if you don't measure them, you can't reward. Because what you measure, you know, is going one way or the other. So- well, it seems like to a... Um- if you're a company or you're someone within the company who's in a leadership position, uh, anytime I think that you are leading from the position of the lagging indicators as opposed to the leading indicators, that's always going to be a problem. That's going to hit morale or that's that's going to be leadership. It sounds like that's kind of going in the wrong direction, like you said, because you're focusing on the wrong intangibles or you're looking for the you're looking for the the data of measurement that you might not want to be measuring by, or like you said, we're, we're rewarding for things that are in a common sense way, kind of ridiculous to begin with. Um, and so they have their place, right? Lagging indicators have their place, but the, the leading indicators over and against that, in my mind, it seems like is, is what you want to be focusing on. Does that Absolutely. seem like that would be a correct assessment? Yeah. Okay. And it's different as an educator, you know, this too, especially uh, um, uh, your wife who does the, the, the kindergarten stuff is we've mm-hmm. been conditioned uh, our whole life. Stop, don't touch, hot, cut, owie. Oh yeah. And, and you've been conditioned with all those negatives. So as adults, we say injury bad <laughs> and that's how we measure, but we should be saying training good um, inspection. Good. Um on there. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, we gotta, we gotta flip that mindset. And a lot of that is management. And, you know, we can talk next week about inspections because I got a couple of good ones. I've been out doing uh, audits and inspections <laughs> all week long. And I'm not talking about the horror stories. I'm talking about people's attitude towards, oh no, I can save the guy. He's going to inspect us. We'll, t- we'll talk about that on Monday. So um, oh, yeah. that wraps up this episode of Safety Unlocked, the morning show. I'm Tim Neubauer with Chad Huffman. Dave's not here. We miss you, Dave. Everyone. Have a safe week. You've been listening to Safety Unlocked, a podcast for safety people by safety people. Brought to you by Exceed Safety. Visit our website at exceedsafetyllc.com or call us at 919-728-SAFE. Exceed Safety, LLC.